The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Now, you would have heard in the news headlines another electricity provider leaving the market today. This against the backdrop of increasing prices and more increases set to come over the winter months. The solution, according to Sinn Féin, is a price cap. The government say no. The solution is to give people a rebate, much like they had back in the springtime, a couple of hundred quid back into their pocket electricity credits. Neither good enough, according to Paul Murphy, the People Before Profit TD. Paul, what would you like to see happen? Yeah, well, I mean, we've been calling for price controls for six months now. We've been pointing out that the government has the power to do it and should do it immediately. We even introduced our own bill to do it for them. Um, they don't even need to pass something through the doll. They can do it through statutory instrument. Um, but we introduced our own bill to cap petrol and diesel at 175 a litre, electricity at 25 cent a unit, natural gas at 8 cent a unit, and kerosene at 1 euro uh, a litre. Um, but um, if you don't tackle the root cause of the issue here, which is profiteering by the energy companies, all of those companies that are announcing big price rises, close to 40%, are also announcing record profits. Well, then you're not going to deal with it. Um, and that really, like the the government model is based on giving people money, not capping prices, and therefore fundamentally that money just ends up into even bigger profits for the energy companies. The Sinn Féin model is better than that because it has price controls, um, but their model is explicitly based on then just giving money to the private companies to make up for the fact that their mm-hmm. prices have been uh, capped. So the alternative is to say, look, the problem here is, and it's widely acknowledged, the so-called broken energy market, uh, the running of energy on a for-profit uh, basis. We had the lowest electricity costs in Europe when the ESB was run explicitly on a not-for-profit basis. When that was changed in 2001 and you had deregulation and liberalization of the sector, we have now some of the highest prices. So we think we need to bring the energy supply sector back into uh, public ownership, use it as a public utility okay. to keep prices low for people and to drive a rapid just transition to a so, zero-carbon economy. So, so cap the prices and then nationalise the providers so that you're effectively not subsidising private profit-making companies. It, precisely. And um, because we, we think energy is something that is vital for people to get by. We know that you know one in two people now uh, are potentially facing energy poverty this winter. Literally hundreds of thousands of people would be faced with a choice of heating or eating. And all the government is saying, we'll give people 600 euros at a time when energy prices are going up by what the government says, maybe 6,000 euros people could be facing uh, this this winter. Um, so that's why people are mobilizing. It's why I think tens of thousands of people will be on the streets uh, Saturday week. The cost of living coalition protest at half two uh, at Parnell uh, Square. Um, but it's, it's also why I think we need to have that discussion about rejecting the privatized model of energy supply and instead operating it on the basis of a, of a not-for-profit public okay. utility. Uh, let me introduce Cormac Lucy, economics commentator with the Sunday Times. Might this be a solution, Cormac? Well, if it were the solution, attractive as it sounds, Karen, you'd need an awful lot more than the money in News Talk's cash machine to pay for it. <laughs> the, the fundamental problem is if we just put a cap on energy prices and make, let us say, energy companies swallow the pain of massively increased European gas prices, there'll be no incentive for anybody to reduce their energy consumption, 
And the, the, the problem is there's no guarantee that there will be enough energy across Europe this winter to cover all of our demand. So we need, at, at one level, to try and conserve energy and use it a little bit less. Uh, if we just signal to people by leaving, by, by capping prices where they are or have been already, if we signal to them that, there's, that, that there isn't really a problem or that if there is, it's one the state can pick the tab up on, uh, then there'll be no reduced consumption. Uh, on, the, on the wider point of the organisation of the energy sector, there's no great evidence that there's going to be improved efficiency by changing the, the ownership structure of, of, of the energy companies. This crisis has come not because of the way the industry is structured. It has come because Vladimir Putin is, is squeezing the oil pipes from Russia to Europe. And what we have is we have a rationing problem rather than uh, an industry organisation problem. And we, we, we probably do need a windfall tax on uh, energy company profits because the, the way the system is organized, companies that are not sourcing gas to produce energy. So if you've got a wind energy company and it's getting gas from windmills, it, it's getting the benefit of the massive spike in gas prices when it's selling uh, energy, electricity into the grid. Yeah. And th- th- there's an argument for taxing a lot of the gains there. Uh, there's also an argument for doing what the government is doing in terms of giving people subsidies uh, rather than a, an energy price cap. And then the individuals can say, OK, well, I'm going to use some of this subsidy to buy something other than energy and I'll, I'll, I'll spend less on energy. And that would also be, be a positive outcome. So, so, so you're in favour of what looks like it's going to be the government's approach, a repeat of uh, what happened in the springtime, but beefed up by a couple of hundred euro. That still will incentivise people, you think, to turn down the heating and turn off the lights and conserve a little bit of electricity. Correct. So, so, the question is whether that will be enough uh, to, to look after people at the bottom of the income. I, I tell you, I, 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 I'm just going to cut across you, the, the, you, you. Your phone line gave out, and so we'll just get you on a better line, and I'll go back to Paul and put that point to him. Paul, is that the problem, the inherent problem? And certainly that's been some of the commentary in other countries where there's been talk of caps is that once you cap the costs it doesn't incentivize people to conserve electricity see for many people though that <laughs> they're already poor enough that they do all the conserving that they that they can do and you're down to their basic essentials and you're leaving them with the choice of heating or eating we absolutely need to conserve energy we need to try to use a lot less energy in this country in order to achieve a rapid transition to a zero carbon economy. But let's do things that actually uh, make that possible for people. So, for example, free, frequent, expanded public transport. In Germany, the nine euro uh, fare, monthly monthly card, nine euro travel across Germany on, on rail had a huge impact. It reduced inflation by 2%. It increased the number of people on public transport by mm. 50%. And um, so that that's what we should be doing. We should be doing free public transport. We obviously should not be proceeding with any more data centers when they're currently gobbling up 14% of our energy uh, usage. And we should be rolling out free retrofitting for people, making people's yeah. homes uh, warmer. But, but, uh, I get that, but, but would, 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 like applying your own logic, would it not make more sense to introduce a price cap for people in the lower socioeconomic bracket as opposed to also offering relief to people listening to the show, and I have no problem with any of our listeners from Mount Merion, but, uh, you know, a price cap means they can just leave the underfloor heating on a little bit higher than they might have otherwise, and they don't have to turn off the boiling water tap in the kitchen. 
Well, look, we're in favour of taxing high earners. We're in favour of extra rates of taxation for those over 100,000. We're in favour of, in particular, taxing the big profits made by uh, the corporations. Um, But there's a large section of the population that are feeling the impact of this crisis. Um, I reject the idea that this has nothing to do with profiteering and that all we, we just the, the oil companies get to say is all Vladimir Putin. I mean, look at the profits of Shell, of ExxonMobil, of Chevron, of BP. Every single one of them have either tripled or quadrupled their profits year on year, quarter two to quarter uh, two. Um, and then in this country, like that's where the biggest profits are being made are by the oil and gas giants who are taking advantage of the war uh, and the invasion of Ukraine. But also in this country, I mean, board gosh, energy that increased their prices, what, just last week, announced record profits increased by over 70%. ESB had record profits. SSE, electricity announced profits of over a billion pounds. Um, so th- there are significant profits being made. And if we just give them, if we just give people more money to give to the energy companies without putting caps on and without rejecting the, the profit model, potentially they can just keep putting up the prices and keep pocketing uh, that amount of of money um, whereas we need to say i mean we're for giving people a credit but that should be matched with a price cap and then that has to be matched with going to a a, a not-for-profit publicly owned uh, model of energy cormac whatever about the reasons and profiteering versus putin is there an argument that we'll be we would be better served in this country by nationalized energy industry paul gave the example of the esb and prices being lower years ago when it was effectively run the energy industry. But now, now, now he's saying that they're profiteering, so he needs to get work out because which they, arguments in, in, in 2001. In 2001, the rules changed where it was explicitly changed. Fianna Fáil PD government changed it from a not-for-profit into a for-profit. And so it's run on the same commercial basis as the private companies. So we need nationalised, but on a not-for-profit basis. Yeah, well, under the, the Paul Murphy cash machine model, the, the, the problem is it will require a parallel army of civil servants and bureaucrats to be monitoring the profit levels of each company so that Paul can decide whether these are windfall profits or not. So rather than just having a system we about that we apply to all companies where we, we, the we tax them. Yeah, but if, if, if you nationalise them and, and you're directing them, micromanaging them in the way you're suggesting that private sector companies have their taxation micromanaged, uh, then we're just going to end up in a politicised system where the ESP functioned under state ownership because it was largely left to its own devices. Governments gave it high-level directives in terms of what to do and let ESB management get on with it. But if you're going to be micromanaging pricing decisions, energy quantity decisions, profit decisions, tax decisions for every company, uh, as, as you're suggesting you would for the large oil multinationals, that's going to mean a highly politicised, bureaucratised system, more like what they have had in South America where state-owned energy companies have become a byword for, for corruption in places like Brazil and Venezuela. Paul, do you want to turn we, us to Venezuela and the North Atlantic? But we, we don't have to look to Latin America. We can look to the history of this country, where, interestingly, Cormac is accepting that the ESB, as a state-owned, not-for-profit company, up until 2001, was extremely successful. And I am saying that energy is something that should be a public utility, as opposed to the nonsense of the privatisation, where at the moment, for example, those wind suppliers in this country, and renewable energy supplies almost 50% of our energy, they're not affected by increasing costs whatsoever. They're able to make an absolute 
killing. You have the inefficiencies of the fact that you have multiple companies supply competing to provide you with electricity that's all coming on the same on the same grid. It makes absolute sense that this should be organised on a not-for-profit public utility uh, basis. Okay. Paul Murphy, People Before Profit TD, Cormac Lucy, economics commentator with the Sunday Times. Thank you both very much for joining me. Five three one zero oh, six. What do you make of Paul's suggestion? Nationalise the industry. It worked here before. It can work again in the future. Stay with us. Henry McKean is on Royal Watch. That's coming up after the break. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.